Hello and welcome to My Life in Three Songs, a podcast presented by The Daily Emerald. My name is Riley, and each week I interview a different member of Oregon faculty talking about the three songs that changed their life. This week we have Professor Mark Blaine in with us. How are you doing tonight, Mark? I'm doing great. Awesome to be here. You're an, an avid adventurer from what I can pick up. Do you have tunes when you're out on the trails? Yeah, you know, like it's funny when you prompted me with that. I thought about that a lot. And to some extent, I listen to music when I'm out doing things. But, you know, music is a big part of like going on adventures in my brain. But it's a lot about long drives. As I thought about it more, it's like less songs that are that's in my ear and going. And it's more like how I get to the trailhead or the surf break or the river put in or whatever it is. And then then it's also the ones that are stuck in your head. And I think that's where I kind of went with the prompt a little bit as well. It's kind of like, well, which ones would I kind of go back to to like mumble to myself as I'm plugging along somewhere? So you mentioned a few different kind of groups that, like that you are a part of, the surfer movement and the, the snowshoe kind of foresty movement. Do you notice there's like a different music taste for each of the different subcultures you're a part of? Surfing certainly has its own music scene. You know, like there's quote surf music, although, you know, it's a real mix. I think on what that is and I actually dropped a song off the list that I was gonna give you and then I changed and like because we were you know I changed a bunch as as in the week that I was thinking about this I did um still do a lot of whitewater paddling and I lived in the southeast in North Carolina which is like the the heart of bluegrass you know I didn't listen to a lot of bluegrass in association with paddling but you know there's always like I would paddle the river literally that deliverance was filmed on um a lot you know and so like You'd show up and and people who are now uh, arguably my age um, would show up. And when I was in my 20s, I'd be like, they'd show up and they'd be like playing dueling (laughs) banjos and like putting on their canoe, like their whitewater canoe. And we'd be like kind of making fun of them as we were listening to punk or something. And and now it's like, well, I actually kind of listen to a lot of bluegrass now. Oh, 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 I guess that's dating me. That's a really funny idea. Now that I think about it, I can't imagine young people playing bluegrass, you know. And if there is any picture of a young person, it's like black and white and it's from a really long time ago. So <laughs> definitely old person genre, but there's merits to everything. Before we get into your choices, will you tell us a little bit about where you grew up and how you ended up at University of Oregon? Yeah, so um, I kind of grew up all over. I was born in Columbia, Missouri. My father was a research scientist, but very young. We moved to Australia for a couple of years, lived there, and then I moved to North Carolina. So I've bounced around. I didn't, this is the longest place I've ever lived in my life by threefold. Although I will say when I was a weird little geeky kid um, at seven, I was really into the outdoors. Like I was really into like going out and doing things. And like, I, I was also really into maps. And um, I picked out Oregon as like, well, I should live in Oregon. Wow. The, the child instinct was right. That's really beautiful. Yeah. Oregon's lucky to have you. We're glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right. Will you get into the first song that you chose? Yeah. So I picked um, Windfall, Windfall by Sunvolt. You know, this one takes me straight to um, whitewater paddling in Western North Carolina. And I, I literally, when I play the song, I am crossing a bridge over the French Broad River um right after i bought the disc and it like just takes me there but i'm gonna be a little unfair here because you said three songs and this one unpacks for me because um jay farrar who is kind of the central person in sunvolt um was one of the key figures in uncle tupelo wilco band right or jeff tweedy was jeff tweedy jay farrar and um mike uh I, i don't anyway so they were 
from just outside of St. Louis, Belleville. And they actually played in the club that I worked in when I was in Columbia, Missouri. I was a doorman, um, <laughs> which gave me a lot of access to bands. Um, but one of them was Uncle Tupelo and Uncle Tupelo really stuck with me because it was this merger of punk and country that was just kind of like kind of fit for me. And while Sunvolt has left a lot of the punk behind in some ways, it's definitely more twangy. I, it's like one of those things, like I hear it still, like Sunvolt means Uncle Tupelo to me. When I'm, when I'm coaching students on writing, one of the things that I tell them is, you know, it's okay to cut stuff because even stuff that you cut, it's still in there. You know, I kind of feel like that sometimes with music, like your your pathway to a song, like when you hear that song, it unpacks in so many different ways. And so like for me that like, I think Uncle Tupelo is in there, but Sunvolt, like I'll listen to that again and again and again. And like that No Depression album from Uncle Tupelo was one that I did lots of laps on, you know, in the early 90s. And then Sunvolt came out with that first album of theirs. And I like, I just beat that one to death, but I still listen to it. In fact, I... Um, have a little painting on my wall may the wind take your troubles away so um you know that's like because uh, i you know i guess um others have identified that as a song that i gravitate to wow what a great answer too and the the keeping something in there even by editing i think is such a beautiful idea i got so many questions about your life as a doorman now i don't know if we can even <laughs> get into it for time i mean were you were you like a like a bouncer like you'd kick people out and yeah stuff? yeah um, uh, break up fights, kick people out. <laughs> I was hired there. They didn't want to hire me because I was too big. Um, mm, like, like they didn't want to. Too wanna... big for the bouncer. Wow. Well, they didn't, they didn't want to have like a bouncer, you know? And my sister had worked in this club, um, before. And because of that in, they made an exception. And I, you know, I think I was, I was tall and goony, but also fairly stealthy. Um, so I was, it wasn't like, like the, you know, the, security shirts you know like they were like we're certainly like look like you're in the club and 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 we did you know and like that's that was the thing and so it was it was such an amazing experience my parents were like not super enthused but the um but it was an like the opportunity cost of that was like literally this club was the the richard king was the the owner and he was just this master booker of people i saw joan baez and Joe Baez actually made a call on the payphone in the no. in the foyer of the place. I'm just like watching, like that's Joe Baez, <laughs> you know. You know, everybody who was kind of crossing the country would drop in. I mean, Chuck Berry, I like his girlfriend chewed me out because there were people <laughs> dancing on the stage, and I went to like shoo them off, and he like put his hand on my on my arm. It's like no, 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 no. I'm like in front of this oh. club, and like everyone's dancing, like okay, you know, and I like. Shuffle off. I'm thinking you could probably sell the shirt that Chuck Berry touched. Like that's like a, a relic now. That's you've got an artifact on yep. it. That's awesome. Will you tell us about the second song you chose? I picked Up the Wolves by the Mountain Goats. That one again, like I'm going to unpack that one a bit. What I'd say, it's like I listened to the Violent Femmes a fair amount in the, in oh the 80s God. when oh I was God. a kid. My you know, I, And the Violent Femmes played at the Blue Note. Um, I got oh. to see them live. Um, oh my god <laughs> and there's an uh, there was an element though of of that it's like yeah the mountain goats for me is like the violent femmes got an mfa you know like um john uh darniel is that right darniel, yeah. yeah and he like just i love his writing you know and he's like and it's deep and it's thoughtful and it's like and you know like where the violent femmes is like this like just raw angsty kind of thing but it was young you know, Darnell just keeps getting yeah. older and you're like, <laughs> and deeper, you know, like, oh, you're like, you've lived a very painful life. Um, but like he, but there's always some, 
you know, there's there's that punk rock kind of element of that that is this sort of like kind of raw. I'm going to like tell it to you straight. It's also kind of the world is a messed up place, but like some of this stuff spins you know, to like something that's sort of like, oh, you got this. You you can like, I've got the perspective. I'm not 17, you know, and, and 17 and pissed off. I'm, you know, like there's, there's depth, you know, there's some like really great depth. And, and as you listen to the, to the music that much more, it really does, you know, engage you in a lot of ways. And, and to the adventure moment, this is long drive music. You got, you got 12 hours to get to that river, you know, that you really want to go do. And it's like, it's kind of, rough you know so like let's listen to some music and it's you're not going to be able to sustain like yeah, <laughs> the whole way like that just doesn't work you know so um something that's like super engaging that's telling stories that are little puzzle songs to solve i was very excited to see mountain goats on your list because they are genuinely one of my favorite bands and i'm oh. not just saying that i almost got the opportunity to see john darneal solo oh. in san francisco but then coronavirus happened it was literally like a few weeks before all that but yeah i love what you said about the mfa because i've always associated the mountain goats with like npr kind uh-huh. of like this type of writing that's like it's he, like he's a teacher he feels like a teacher i don't know if he actually was a teacher if that was like an urban legend about him like before the mountain goats but I don't know. You can definitely get that with the words he chooses. So for you being basically an English teacher, choosing an English teacher song, I think is perfect. <laughs> all right. All right. Final song. Tell us what you got. Final song, The Plank by The Devil Makes Three. And um, this is probably a merger of that. I don't like. I don't know. The first time I heard The Devil Makes Three, it was actually on a long drive to go run a half marathon in Boise, Idaho with a friend of mine that was going to be a really awful brutal race but that like this was a gift that i heard this music and i was like this is awesome you know like you hear something every once in a while you just like hear something and you're just like i gotta have that and then there's the other stuff that you listen to and you like takes you a while and then you're like i can't let go of that but this one would like caught me and there have been very few devil makes three things that i have not been into so the plank is sort of i just picked that one because it's you know it sticks out i mean that 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 whole album that that one is on is is pretty solid yeah, that one that one relates to sort of adventure space, and it also kind of moves into the kind of bluegrassy world. My my wife was very into bluegrass. She actually, speaking of young people in bluegrass, she went to a college where ever, all the young people were obsessed with bluegrass. Um, I came, we got married, and I was like, kind of came from a punk background, and she was like, I don't know any of this music. Like, what? Like, what is this? And I'm like. Are they gonna just keep noodling? Can can we can we end <laughs> the song, please? Loving someone who loves a different genre of music than you is a great way to learn about the genre of music. <laughs> you get those associations, and then you can't help but like it, and then it's like, oh, they got me. And then you're a bluegrass fan. I guess that's the pipeline. <laughs> Although I will say, and that, that like you mentioned these three songs, and I'm like, well, I can't even get into guilty pleasures here, mm-hmm. you know, but mm-hmm. like. This same trip where I heard the Devil Makes Three, this same friend of mine, we were at the start line of this like kind arguably evil, grueling race because you have to climb a mountain. And right before we go, he just looks over at me. He goes, get you goomy to um, like seed in my brain the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. (laughs) And then the gun goes off and we go and I'm like, oh, God, the legend lives down from the Chippewa. And I'm like, oh, no, it's going to be there the whole time. On adventure now, like adventures now, like kid songs are looping through my head. So it's like finding music that you can use to chase away the children's songs is like uh, kind of a high priority for me. (laughs) 
It's like a food chain in your brain. Yeah, it's wow. brutal. So. Well, great advice from Professor Mark Blaine. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Great choices. No problem. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Professor Mark Blaine. You can find all of the songs from this episode and the others in the episode description. See you next week.